you're listening to the Pomerado Christian Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us today. If you're a weekly listener, welcome back. If this is your first time, we're so glad you're here and hope you consider subscribing. If you're in your car, on a run, doing things around the house, or working out, and want to connect even further and take next steps with us, visit pomerado.info. Now, enjoy this week's message. Here we go. I want to start off today by putting you into a particular situation. And then I want to ask you, what would be the first thing you think you should do in that particular situation? Okay? So here's the scenario. You have just been hired as the head coach of a football team in mid-season. You got that, Barbara? A head, head football coach. All right. And here's what you need to know about your new team. Um, there's two interesting things. First of all, your team, your new team, is actually the best in the league when it comes to points scored against. <laughs> you have an awesome defense. The second thing you need to know about your new team is you're in last place because you still haven't scored a single point this, so far this season. Okay, coach, what are you going to work on first? Offense. You can have the best defense, but you're not going to win unless you put some points on the scoreboard, right? All right, why do we start like this today? Because in our series on the armor of God, so far, everything has been defense. We have the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel boots, the shield of faith. All this is defense. And all of this is necessary. But today, we start working on offense. We're going to turn to the scriptures and listen to see what Paul has to say to us about using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, um, get out your Bible and I want you to turn with me to the passage again in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. By the way, let me say something. Every week we usually put the words up on the screens. Today I'm purposely not putting the words up on the screen because I want you to actually have a Bible in your hand. Or if you don't have one, you can look over to the Bible that's in your neighbor's hand. And it can be a paper Bible like we provide for you. Or you can use your phone and look up Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 13 to 17. So get out a Bible. Put it in your hands. And by the way, while you're doing that, I thought we'd have a fun little quiz. Are you ready? Okay, so here's the quiz. What do these common phrases have in common with each other? 
So I'm going to put up a bunch of phrases in here. A lot of them are metaphors. I think you'll recognize them. But the question is not what makes them common phrases, but what makes them common with each other. So here we go, real quick. A drop in a bucket. A little bird told me. Rise and shine. Bite the dust. Wits end. By the way, when you think you know, I know what all these phrases have in common. Give me a little thin thumbs up, okay? Here's some more. We've got about 20 of these. The apple of my eye, a broken heart, flesh and blood, a house divided, a kiss of death. You've heard all of these, haven't you? All right, what do they have in common? Next set. The twinkling of an eye, the writings on the wall, Blind leading the blind. Are you getting it yet? The letter of the law. Armageddon. I think I have one more set. Nothing new under the sun. Pride comes before a fall. Eat, drink, and be merry. Let there be light. Scapegoat. All right. Are you tracking with me? What do all these words, phrases have in common? They all come from the Bible. I just looked up common phrases that we got from the Bible, and I came up with this website that had 85 different phrases that you use, that you've heard, that you probably forgot they all came from the Bible. And I'm, I'm starting with this quiz just to remind us the heritage we have by having a Bible here, how much influence it has had on our culture, on our language, on so much all around us. I mean, can you imagine this? If there were some kind of diabolical vacuum that could just suck up everything around us that has come to us one way or another by the Bible, it's almost impossible to imagine how much would be missing. How many buildings would be missing? This one would be. It's here because of the Bible and the influence the Bible has had on our world. But it's not just church buildings. It's hospitals and colleges and universities. It's museums. It's uh, homeless shelters. It's, it's influence on music and art and sculpture and so many different things. How many books would be taken out of our libraries if, uh, if everything that the Bible has influenced was taken away? So today, we want to zero in on the Word of God because we want Paul to tell us how does God want to use the Word for us to put points on the scoreboard. <laughs> All right, we're in Ephesians chapter 6 and uh, beginning with verse 13. Uh, follow along as I read this. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and, here we go, offense, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want to share with you today uh, one of my favorite topics, and that is being engaged with the Bible on a daily basis. How are you doing on your Bible reading? Um, and I want to focus on this in a particular way by calling your attention to two particular words in this sentence that we're looking at, this one verse that we're looking at. So here we go. The first word I want to call your attention to is the word, word, W-O-R-D. We're told that the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Now, you have probably heard sermons before that talk about the Greek word for word. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard it in other ways, too. It's the word logos. The word logos is a very broad-ranging word. Uh, it's, it comes into our language also in a lot of loan words that we have, like logic and dialogue. Um, it can be very broad in its uh, definition, like um, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's a very broad statement. Or when Paul told Timothy, preach the Word in season and out of the season. He's talking about the whole counsel of God. All right? That's the word logos. And by the way, that's not the word that's in our passage. There's another word. And maybe you've heard this too. It's not nearly as uh, popular. And that's the word, the Greek word, rhema. R-H-E-M-A. And this has a much more narrow connotation. It's not a wide word like logos. In fact, it's more often uh, translated maybe an utterance or a saying or maybe even a command. So it's a very different kind of word. But it, in English, we just say word. So what difference does this make? Um, Maybe I could give you an example of how we use the word word. Let's say um, you have a new dog and, and you want to learn something about dog training. So you go on Amazon and start looking up books on dog training and you read this description. The author of this book has given us the last word on dog training. Well, in that case, the word word is actually referring to a book that's 250 pages long. But then when you read the book, you might read a sentence like this. If you want your dog to heal, you must speak the word. In this case, that's a single word. It's a word, heal. 
So if, if you were using these Greek words, you would say, the author has given us the last logos on dog training. And if you want your dog to heal, you must say the rhema. So do you get it? Now, what difference does this make? I think you'll see in a few minutes. But there's the second word I want you to zero in with me. The second word is the word sword. Interesting how similar they are, aren't they? But they don't rhyme. Why is this? S-W-O-R-D. Now, uh, Roman soldiers had different kinds of swords. They would have some rather large swords, even larger than this. Some of them were required two hands to handle them. All right? That is not what this word is. There's another word for sword that's more like a dagger or a, short, a shorter, it's much shorter. It's, uh, like this is my dad's old fishing knife. You know, you could make a nice fillet of the fish. It's more like this. So it's not a long sword. It's a short sword. Now, what difference does this make? When it comes to offense, when it comes to scoring points spiritually, when it comes to uh, the temptations of the devil that he tries to wipe us out with, how can we use God's word like a sword? And it, whoops, they disappeared. Okay, so <laughs> it's a specific word and a short sword. So, um, what if I gave you this example? You are having an argument with your boss and you are getting really heated up and you're about ready to cuss her out up one side and down the other, and, um, which is not a good idea. You might lose your job. T tell me. Is it helpful for you to know that somewhere back in your house, you have a big leather Bible that's probably underneath a bunch of papers? Is that doing you any good in this moment in the heated argument? Or what if this happened? What if a specific verse from the Bible came to your mind? Like Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer, uh, what's the verse? The soft answer takes away wrath, but a harsh word brings more anger. Okay, that's like, that's like the little thing you need to cut through the problem you're having at this time right now. It's a specific word from the Bible that's in your head. The fact that you have a big Bible somewhere at home well, that's good, but the Spirit wants to use that Bible by getting those words in your mind. That's what's so critical for us to be, have an effective offense. We've got to have God's Word in our head. So it sort of makes sense 
that we're talking about specific utterance of God in a specific situation that can work like a, like a surgeon's scalpel to help take that anger out of you. Now, when you think of it, isn't this exactly the way Jesus used the word of God when he was tempted? You remember when he was fasting in the wilderness and the devil came to tempt him and there were three temptations that he used? And how did Jesus respond? Like, for example, turn these stones to bread. Jesus, you have the power to do this. You can solve this. And Jesus answered with a specific saying from the Bible. Man does not live by bread alone. He didn't say, oh, you know, five miles from here, there's a synagogue. And in the synagogue, there's this scroll of the Torah. And I, I, I think maybe that would help me not to resist temptation. No, it's the specific saying. And then there was the second temptation. Jump off the pinnacle. God promises you won't get hurt. Think of all the attention you'll get. And then you can do your kingdom. And again, Jesus answers with a specific saying from the Bible that do not put the Lord your God to the test. Oh, Jesus, look at all these powers, all this wealth. I will give it to you if you bow down to me. All of these, by the way, are quotations from the book of Deuteronomy. Jesus said, thou shalt worship the Lord your God only. So it's that specific word in a specific context that the Spirit uses to keep you from falling into temptation. So that's what I'm saying today, how important it is for us to have God's word in our heart. Now, you might be asking the question, all right, thank you for all that specific information, but how am I supposed to figure this stuff out? You know, you have all these fancy words and so on and so forth. How, how does the average person learn to do this? I can't go to seminary. I don't want to learn all those biblical languages. Well, you don't have to. But actually, a lot of these things are readily available to you. You don't have to go to seminary. So let me just run by you some of the wonderful uh, opportunities that we have just with the resources that are common to us. So, for example, when I was working on this passage, one of the first things I did was um, looked it up on version, the Bible app. So probably uh, many of you are already using this. In fact, uh, Mike, your wife, Danelle, because our uh, middle school class has a daily devotion we do in the YouVersion Bible app. And Danelle, wherever she is in the world at the time, is following along with us with the same devotions. So that's cool. So, and I've, one of the programs I have on my phone uh, to, and I love it, the fact that, you know, um, there are over a hundred English translations that you can access and over a thousand different languages not doesn't help me but so the U version bible app another one is bible gateway i particularly like this one 
because, for example, if you type in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, which I did, Ephesians 6, 17, it gives you a list of them. Or, or you could read the whole chapter if you want, but down at the bottom it says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, in all English translations. It'll just spit, and it's very interesting to look at all the different, and very easy to look at all the translations. So then when you scroll down to the very list, here's Young's literal translation, and I can see right there, oh, this is a different word because it's called the saying of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the saying of God. So that's my clue. Oh, that's a different word than that big word logos. So I love these kind of tools, and they're readily accessible to you. Another one I like is the blue letter Bible. You know, a Bible with red letters, those are the letters, the words of Jesus. Blue letter refers to active links on the internet. So if you type in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, and uh, here's the, the verse, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. But there's a little box here that says tools. So you click on the tools, and it tells you, oh, that this particular word, which is Strong's word, 3,162, is used 29 times. And how is it translated, or what is it meaning? of It's like a large knife used for killing animals and cutting up flesh. Ooh. A small sword, as distinguished from a large sword. And actually, it gives you the, word, the Greek word right down there if you're interested in looking it up. So you can get this kind of information available to you. One last resource that I find useful is the Bible Project. These are those uh, guys who make a lot of different videos all about the Bible. And it's very good stuff. Um, I looked at this one the other day. What is the Bible? How to read the Bible? Very fascinating, um, you know, short, maybe six, seven, eight minute video, and there's thousands of them. For example, you can type in the book of Ephesians. And uh, have you seen these before? They come up with a big graphic, the entire book of Ephesians, all in a bunch of these uh, drawings. And as you watch the video, it unfolds before you. And down here on the corner, by the way, is the soldier, the Roman soldier, who's wearing the armor of God. So uh, it just kind of brings it out into the, uh, uh, the front of your image and helps you to meditate on it. So all of these resources are available to you. And getting in the habit of using God's Word so that the sword of the Spirit, those specific sayings, when you are facing temptation, are available to the Spirit to prompt you instead of to stumble into sin again, to have the strength to win against temptation. So what am I saying? Actually, I would just want to encourage you to get into God's Word. And I have 10 suggestions because I think you've been told before you should be reading God's Word. JP, have you told us that before? I think you have. I've wondered what. So in one sense, this is nothing new, but I find it 
endlessly fascinating. And uh, I try to observe this in other people. And so here's some of my observations or some of my suggestions. So top 10 suggestions. Number one would be get a paper Bible. I know we're in the digital age, but it's great to have ink and paper for a couple different reasons. Um, when I'm scrolling on the phone, when I have Ephesians or any other verse, you know, it's, it's hard for me to know where I am in the whole scheme of things. You can endlessly scroll up and endlessly scroll down. It's like all of these words just zooming past your window. But I like having a good old paper Bible <laughs> because I'm at this end, I'm at that end, and oh, oh, I've done this first before I highlighted it, you know. So get a paper Bible and mark it up. Now I know that some of our religious friends who have other holy books would never write in it. That's not the Christian way of doing it. We just think, take that book and make it yours by marking it, highlighting, putting notes in the background and on the sidelines. Okay, so get a paper Bible. And number two, get a translation that's easy for you to understand. Don't just get the same old Bible you think everyone else is getting. There's so many good translations. Lately, I've been enjoying the uh, NLT, New Living Translation. It's actually a pretty good translation, but it's so contemporary. But there are dozens of translations. So find one that fits you. Try them out. That's, you can do that on your phone, look at different translations, but get one that makes sense to you and is easy to read. So, because it needs to be fun. It needs to be easy for you. Number three. Get a study Bible or a reference Bible. That's, that's why this one is so much fatter than this one. It has all kinds of questions and outlines and footnotes and uh, go here and go there. It just is so helpful. And there's a lot of different kinds. This is a life application Bible. That's a good name for a Bible, isn't it? Life application Bible. So... There's so many good opportunities. You look on Amazon or are there bookstores anymore? Uh, there used to be Bible bookstores. You could see all of these. So I would encourage you to do that. Get a good reference Bible. Okay, so um, you can tell I love paper and ink. But let me say this too. Number four, start using an online Bible. So I'm saying both things. If you've never used an online Bible, well, great. Keep your paper Bible open. But there is so much uh, available to you on your phone or on your laptop or on your computer. So start using an online Bible. It's amazing what is available to you. And I gave you a couple examples a few minutes ago. Um, decide on a reading plan. So, like I mentioned, the YouVersion Bible app has hundreds, probably thousands of reading plans. It'll just, each day it will remind you, here's a section to read and give you some questions. You can do it with other people, with your family members, or we're doing it with the middle school class and Donnell. And um, you get to follow, see other people's responses. So, it's so helpful 
to, but to have a plan. And it's not like, well, when I get around to it, I'll read a little bit. And I think it's great to have a daily plan. There's a lot of things you do every day. And to really have an effective offense, to really let the spirit work in your heart through the sword of the spirit, get into it daily. Connect it with something else that you do every day, like that cup of coffee you have in the morning, and it'll just become a regular habit. Uh, I've done this for years, and it just seems normal to me. And that should be your encouragement or your plan, too. Um, there's the YouVersion app, the Bible recap, all the ones that I mentioned before. Okay, decide on a plan. Number six, find some specific helpful verses. So when you're reading along and you find something, oh, wow, I really need that. That's when I get my highlighter or I circle it with my pen or I write it down on another piece of paper and stick it in my pocket. And um, you think, well, how do I find these verses? You might be thinking, What's that verse about uh, such and such? I have people calling me. Where's that verse that talks about tithing, you know, whatever? And so, and I'm thinking, oh, I used to know where that is. Where is that verse? <laughs> I just Google it while they're talking to me and tell them, there, there's where it is. So that's one of my answers, just Google it. Um, what, are, what are some verses that I could find on, you know, any, you know, anger or, well, you know what, we have down the hallway, so I think we have this on there too, check out the bookmarks in the hallway. When you leave today, instead of making a right turn to the donuts, if you go just a little bit further, just inside the hallway, you'll see a bulletin board that looks like this and uh, has a whole bunch of bookmarks. I grabbed one of them. And these bookmarks, you still can't see it, but on, if you get a close-up, you can see these are all about different topics like depression or anger or suffering. And anger, you can look up Jonah 4.4 or Proverbs 12.16 or take, and these are here for you to take and put it in your Bible. Here's one, forgiving yourself. 24 verses on forgiving yourself. I wouldn't be surprised if one of these is just that sharp scalpel that the Holy Spirit wants to use in your life to cut out some of that condemnation you've been thinking about yourself. So we have some very sweet people in the church who keep this uh, uh, bulletin board well stocked. They would be tickled if all of these were taken. Don't take all of them at once. But find a couple of these that will help you. And also, by the way, next to those bookmarks, they've uh, also put some greeting cards, homemade greeting cards. So here's one that says, Hope, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So it's a greeting card. It's blank on the inside so you can write anything you want to your friend. They give you an envelope so you can mail it. That's just a good idea, isn't it? and are readily available to you. So find 
helpful verses. And then number seven on my list is memorize some of these verses. And there's different ways to do that, but whatever works for you, I like to uh, write them out, first of all. And then when I'm trying to speak them back out loud to myself in the process of learning a new verse, I don't write out the whole verse. I just write down the initials. In the beginning was the word I-T, well, whatever the word, in the beginning was the word. <laughs> so that helps me, because then I go back, oh, no, I have that mixed up. So just figure out the way that you work with memorizing. And then, here's number eight, share them with people. Now, you can do this, actually, there are times when it's helpful. You know, the Bible says, and you quote the verse. But a lot of times, it's very helpful just to, not maybe verbatim, but just in principle. You know, the Bible talks about this kind of thing. It, is, it makes a difference. All right, now, we're almost done with the list, but this one... I want to explain a little bit. Number nine, become an avid amateur. I just think it would be awesome if you would think of yourself as an avid amateur of the Bible. And I mean this in a specific way. Typically, when we think of amateur and professional, we think, oh, a professional has a high level of skill. An amateur is, doesn't have very many skills. That's not the way I'm using the word. Because the root meaning of the word amateur comes from the amateur Latin, which means someone who loves something. So a professional technically is someone who is paid to do something. An amateur is someone who does it just because he loves to do it. So becoming an avid amateur of the Bible, I think is an awesome goal. I was a professional Bible teacher for 44 years. And then I retired. And I became an amateur Bible teacher. To me, that's a promotion. I get to do it, not because I have to do it for my job, but because I just love this kind of stuff. In my mind, I have a picture that just highlights this to me. Some time ago, for one of our grandsons, uh, Linda made a book. I think she did it on butter, butterfly, flutterby, shutterfly. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> on shutterfly. You know, shutterfly, you, you can make books online, okay, and then they turn them into real books. So she made the, a book for one of her grandsons. It has to be one of his favorite topics. She had a lot of pictures in there and a lot of information. And so when the occasion came, we wrapped it up and gave him this book, and of course he got a lot of other presents too, and he opened it up and said, oh wow, yeah, that's really neat, and he opened up all the other presents, and, and uh, but a couple hours later, I thought, where did the little guy go? 
I searched for him. I opened up the door to his room, and there sitting in the middle of the floor was our grandson hunched over this book and just turning each page and studying each page. He was just fascinated. He'd been in there for a couple hours. And I think, think of the joy you have as a, a grandparent when you give a gift that is just treasured like that. And in this case, it was a book. Now, I want you to think, how do you think God feels when he looks down and he sees you just turning the page and just diving into God's word, just loving what you're learning from his word? So, why do I read the Bible? It's just because I love doing it. I find it endlessly fascinating. And I'm always learning something else. And I need to learn more. Because I'm still tempted by the devil and I need a good offense. Number 10. This might be the most important. Start today. Get into the Bible today. Oh, actually, you already have. Yay. But keep it going tomorrow. How's it going to work for you? I don't know, but make it work. You can do this. Um, I'd like to end with a story. I was having, I was having a lunch with a friend, and I wasn't really sure exactly where he stood with God, but he was interested. I knew that. And... Um, I said to him, and uh, he, was, he was interested in the Bible, and I said to him, you know, um, the Bible's a big book, but I think I could explain the whole Bible to you in 20 words. Would you want to hear that? Sure. Now, the Bible has 66 books, 1,189 chapters, more than three-quarters of a million words in it, but I said, I think I could give you the whole Bible in 20 words. So I got out a piece of paper. We finished lunch. I got out a piece of paper and pencil. And on half of the paper, I put seven words. And on the other half of the paper, I put seven other words. And in the middle, one word. So that's 15. Seven, one, and seven. And then at the bottom, I had the last five words. Actually, these 20 words are the words in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. So the first seven words and the second seven words are a contrast. You're either in this group or in that group. So the Romans 6, 23 is, for the wages of sin is death. Seven words. But the gift of God is eternal life. Seven words. And then the last five are in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, when, and then I explained this to you. We're all in one category or the other. And it's because of what Jesus has done. We have forgiveness through Christ. And that's what the Bible is all about. So that day, this gentleman prayed to receive Christ, and a few weeks later, we baptized him, and he's still growing in the Word. That's offense. 
That's a score for the kingdom that the Holy Spirit can use when he takes the word of God like a sharp two-edged sword and opens up your heart and pours his love into it. That's the job we all want to be in. And I just want you, coach, to start getting on our team on the offense. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We want to be a church where people are changed by God to change the world. If you want to partner with us in this way, you can start by doing these two things. The first, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you can do that by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening so you can stay connected with us and we can broaden our reach. And the second, and this might be the most important thing you do, share this message with someone you know. And as always, remember you are prayed for, cared for, and loved. See you next time.